Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. You got me in my own ear there. Tanner, if we can fix that really quickly, I'd appreciate it, but well, Welcome in out here with our friends at Khalil's. Uh, I suppose Dave's going to join us here uh, at some point, uh, but we welcome you guys uh, in. We're started, so hope you'll join us. Uh, but we appreciate you guys hanging with us. This has been uh, a, I don't know how everyone else feels about this, but this has felt like an incredibly long 10-ish days or so, trying to make peace with uh, with how this thing seems to be going and how it looks like it's about to end uh, and how it looks uh, and how it has gone uh, up to this point, it has felt more drawn out than usual. Uh, it has felt like this has crawled by even longer than usual uh, the last, I don't know, 10 days or so. Uh, and I, Dave, I'm tired, man. It ain't going to go quicker, Mark. You know? Is that what it is? It's not. I'm saying like either each day is going to take longer. <laughs> it just is. You know, it's like waiting for Christmas to come. Like the the days get longer they don't get shorter so that's what we're dealing with my friend it's frustrating it uh, I, I think we're taxing uh, people's uh, patience uh, I think it, and look I'm not a believer at all uh, in people making decisions uh, just to just to placate an angry mob sure uh, and I in fact I would think less of Josh. Uh, if that sort of thing were, were playing out here, if he could be influenced like that. Look, I think it's safe to say up to this point he's not influenceable in that way. But it does feel like he, the decision itself, everyone is almost acting like it's already done. Uh, and everyone is sort of evaluating people. Uh, I thought Eric Crawford said the funniest thing the other day, which is that by the time it actually gets announced, whoever the new coach is is going to feel like old news. Right. Right. Like, how does we get here? Vetting names yes. already. I mean, as a, as a as a fan base, you know, we've been vetting names seemingly for an entire year, some for longer. Um, it. <sighs> Are there names that we haven't even thought of yet that are realistic candidates? You know, like that. I don't know if there is. There might be somebody that comes out of nowhere in March, but I have a hard time believing it's going to be somebody that we haven't mentioned because everybody and their mother has been mentioned for this job at this point. Yeah, and look, I recognize that it is not the job of any candidate uh, to 
either try to keep their name in or out of consideration in like the uh, public uh, eye and that sort of thing. Uh, so it's not really their fault if they get brought up. It's not really their fault if they don't. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel like we just sort of cycle through these guys really quickly. It's their responsibility to leverage the name UofL in order to get their best deal possible at the university they want to be at, whether it's UofL or where they are right now. That's apparently their only job. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, when it comes to uh, that sort of thing does get brought up a lot. You do hear uh, people talking about not really wanting to talk about various people because you don't want to get them a raise. And the way I, I look at this, Dave, these people are getting a raise. Yes. And they're either going to get it because of us or, fr- or from us. Right, right. <laughs> Honestly. And so like, for me, like, if it works out that they end up getting a raise, I don't care. They were never going to take the job anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if that's what happens, then fine. We, we found out early yeah. that Bruce Pearl wasn't leaving Auburn. You know what I mean? We found out early that... Um, you know, McDermott's not leaving Creighton. Like, we, we find these things out in the middle of the season uh, publicly instead of figuring it out post and leaving and wasting any time on them whatsoever. This is, look, this is a test of everyone's patience. Yes. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, and, well, and th- this is an opportunity that I think with, with everyone's patience sort of being tested like this, with the pressure being ramped way up, you know, for everybody uh, that I'm not a big, big, big fan at all of like when the press conference really mattering all that much, you know, that's, it's cheap. It's a sugar high, but it probably matters a lot this time. Yeah. Kenny didn't lose the press conference. <laughs> no, not time. at I mean, all. I mean, like Kenny, Kenny actually, that's maybe the highlight of his entire tenure here was the press conference. Uh, did he get God, what a, what a sad thing to Isn't say. It? I think you're probably all right. Though. I think so. I think it is. Um, he didn't get into specifics, you know, and we talk about all the, the red flags that were were there, and some of them became apparent more in retrospect. But, look, he did a good job of saying the right things about bringing, you know, the old and the new together and and, and hearkening back to the Denny Crum era and, and, you know, getting everybody on board, and then he disappeared. You know, like, it, it just – he didn't do what – he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, you know, after after that press conference. But he said all the right things. That doesn't – at the end of the day, it's nice when you win the press conference. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You win games or you lose games. You know, you understand the job or you don't understand the job. Um, that's what's going to determine whether you're a success here or not, how pretty you sound in the opening presser. Yeah, that helps. Uh, but I do think like the, the degree to which this has bottomed out as it has, uh, the pressure is like the next – Kenny, I just want you to know, whoever you are, Kenny has spent all of your all of your early uh, bad will, like any you know anything any runway that you had. You have no goodwill. You need to be a helicopter. You have to take off directly up. No, there, I, you get very little runway at all. I don't. I don't disagree with you on that point. As far as like, it will. There will be an extra emphasis put on what this guy says out of the gate. You know, like you're going to have to to um, basically calm nerves, uh, refute. Uh, basically the entire Kenny Payne era, you know, in, in your first introductory press conference. And it's got to be clear to these people that, man, you don't have to treat us with kid gloves. 
you, you can talk basketball. You know, Louisville fans like that kind of stuff. Like, I, I always tell people, you don't even have to go back to Denny and Rick. You know what I mean? You don't have to go back to their press conferences yes. or their interviews. You've got one in the city that does it every single time he's interviewed in Jeff Walls. That's right. Where he doesn't just say, well, we don't play hard enough or we don't do this, we don't do that. He'll, he'll say... He'll use the media and he'll tell them like, "Look, we're we're not tough," and he'll do stuff like that. But he also will tell you specifically what they did wrong and what from the scout they went over, what specific thing from the other team they went over that they didn't do. When's the last time we heard Kenny say anything like that? Not to pile on right now, but that's the kind of stuff that that the U of L coach shouldn't be afraid to talk about with U of L fans, and it's the kind of stuff that they eat up. Little fans eat that stuff up. And that's I, I, I love hearing it from Jeff Walls. I loved hearing it from Rick Pitino. David Padgett could do it. Yeah. Because he came from that tree, you know. And, and obviously, Denny, you ask him one question, he'll tell you everything that happened in the entire game and the entire week of prep. And that's what I loved about Denny. It was when I'm sure that's what every single person who ever did a post-game interview with him loved about Denny, is that it was Paul Rogers. I mean, ask him, what, fire one question, Denny talks for 45 minutes. And you're like, all right, that's it. That's yeah, that's a wrap. I've heard Drew say this uh, multiple times that with Rick. Like, it didn't really matter what you asked Rick anyway. He was just going to talk about whatever he wanted to talk about. He's got his talking about. points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go ahead and fire your questions while I can launch here, yeah. uh, and I'll answer you with however I want. 100%. Yeah, look, I, I think we could sort of put together uh, a PR kit for the for the guy that comes in here, and I have great news for you. Uh, I would imagine, and this is probably true of football coaches too, uh, or just really any, any sort of high strategy game, not like an individual performer uh, kind of sport, uh, but... but you probably spend a lot of time interacting with people who really don't know what they're talking about yeah. when it comes to the, the strategy of your game and the fundamentals of the game. They, they recognize big picture, like good stuff. But by and large, you have to talk to your other fellow coaches for junkies. Not here. I have great news for you. Whoever you are, next coach, you get to talk about basketball as much as you want. We'll swim. We'll, we'll find you. We will learn to get into the deep water with you if we're not already there. Like, I would love to be able to tell whoever that might be on the fence about this or something. Yeah. We have people who call in and discuss proper closeout technique on a Tuesday. And that's, wait for that's your run-of-the-mill fan. Yeah. That's your run-of-the-mill yeah. fan. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think we're all, we're all feeling like that poor schmuck hanging off the bridge today. Good Have Lord. you ever seen anything like that? No, that's from a movie. That is that is like Final that's Destination nightmare stuff, isn't you know it? I mean, like that's I've never actually seen a trailer with the person a, in it in a cab, like actually <laughs> hanging over the edge of a bridge like that. And did they ever get him out of there? They did. They were He's able to successfully rescue right him alive. Uh, I don't know that they have been able to move the truck yet, but they were able to use a crane arm to reach out there and get the person and rescue him. Uh, can you imagine? I, what a nightmare. And the number of people who have sent some tweeted some version of, like, that's a season ticket holder or that's a WDRB reader, which is what I said. You know, like, that's sort of like a third year, three, you know. Now that the guy's okay, I feel okay making some of these jokes. Right. I know that the guy is safe. In terms of just nightmare material that's probably universal to everybody, I can't imagine that there's much worse than that. You didn't even get, like, the satisfaction of just, like, crashing down into the water. It's like, no, you're just going to hang here. Yeah. What a nightmare. You're going to stare at that water for the next however hours, long it took. Four hours until they get you out of there. That's, oh, my gosh. Just as a semi-driver. You know, like, you, you – I – I'm forever impressed. Like I drove a box truck as part of my job in the past, but like I'm always impressed with how sim, you know, uh, 
semi-tractor trailer drivers can navigate and that's a lot of weight and a lot of length and everything, you know, mark that, uh, for, <laughs> for to be controlling on, on a daily basis. <laughs> and the situation Sorry. like the Second Street Bridge. It shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't be as funny as it is, but it is. It is. Come man, on. We're so all, we're all so burned out right now, it's, man. This, this, look. It took us like maybe four minutes of Louisville basketball talk before we're like, did you see the guy hanging off the bridge? Yeah. Let's do a segment. <laughs> what else is going on in your life, Mark? You need some relief. You're so right about that. You are 100% right. Just take the first exit ramp and don't look back. <laughs> Unbelievable here. Well, look, just the bad news, I think, for everybody. By the way, it appears that we were mistaken that it was a uh, it's a female that was driving. Okay. Uh, so she, I'm glad she is okay, uh, and that now we can safely make our jokes yes. uh, about the truck uh, hitting that bridge. The jokes are the same. That's the hunt. No, that's exactly right. As long as the person's okay, that is totally fine. Good. Good. Incredibly I'm glad fast. she's all right. What's the, what are like the not to further get us off topic, but. Like the standard nightmare scenarios, like your parachute won't open. You know what I mean? When you're skydiving, I feel like that's a top, yeah, top five. Did that? Uh, I mean, crashing down into the water, yeah, and having to navigate, like getting out, trying to get out, yeah, like with your your yeah. doors locked and yeah, the like immense pressure trying to open it. Correct. Got to roll down the window. That's what they always say. Like on the way down? Yeah. Well, you're right. To get right. out the window. Like yeah. That's uh, nightmare stuff uh, for sure. Uh, I always, you'll love this. You know our friend Scott, uh, Action Cookbook? Yes. Uh, I remember he and I tweeting years ago uh, about the final destination scene where the log comes off uh. the log truck through the front. All I've, If you look at our text thread, he and I, the only thing we have texted one another over the past year and a half is me taking pictures when I'm behind a log truck. <laughs> you told me that. I, that's all it is for like the past two years. Uh, it's just it's all log truck avoidance between the two of us here. <laughs> I so never that for watched, me is way up there. I never watched Final Destination, um, but I saw every trailer. You know what I mean? Like, and that log thing was the one that sticks out more than anything. It's one of those things, like, I, I don't even have to watch the movies. Uh, any Anything airplane-related, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is nightmare stuff. And then I think after that, you get into someone's individual idiosyncratic uh, yeah. phobias. Because there's... It's really, like, one of the... It's just a, the, the theme is you have no control, you know? In those situations, plane crashes, uh, you know, driving behind a truck of logs. If something goes wrong there, there's really not a whole lot you're doing. Like, what are you doing? I guess, swerving. This, I guess this is it. Yeah, you're swerving with all the logs. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Okay. Yeah. Texture said, by the way, that truck driver got some bad info from Chile that year three was coming. Right. The joke's all right there themselves. That's 100%. Is Trilly going down that road? I don't, I don't know. I have not seen no. that. No. No. It, All I've seen from him is, we're is candidates. Out. Yeah. Texture says that's the very first scene from the Paw Patrol movie. With the, with, that's true. There is a truck hanging off the bridge. Oh, I thought you were saying like the log scene. I was like, Paw Patrol's getting dark, man. <laughs> I can't, I Kenny getting year three was in Paw Patrol? <laughs> like, like the log, like the final desk, anything from Final Destination that could be in Paw Patrol. So you go, what? Yeah, those those Venn diagram circles should not. It should not intersect. Right. Like, what do you let your children watch, people? Totally inept mayor, by the way, in Paw Patrol. Really? Just I mean, relying on a team of 
dogs for that's everything. That's true. See, I've, I've, I've watched very little Paw Patrol. That is, don't and that's kids. fine. There's no reason yeah. for you to watch it. I would probably, You'd probably be worried about me if I watched it. That's exactly yeah. what I would say, yes. The only Paw Patrol I've ever seen is when I've been, happened to be in the room when my nieces or nephews are watching Paw Patrol. And I've, no, I've not been able to tell Chase at the studio uh, this, but anytime someone says his name, it's all I think of as Paw Patrol. Chase is, is on the So case. one of them is... There's a Chase. Chase. Yeah. There's Chase. Okay. Yeah. Does he chase things? He's a dog. That's fair. That's that's really clever stuff. It's a standard name. Hammering away. I, I, look, I, I think it is. Uh, we should tell everybody now. We have a workaround to perhaps be able to play stump the gas bag. Uh, but our phones, if you in, if you call in. You're going to sound like you're calling us from another dimension, like it was happening yesterday. We are in the, the process of like overhauling everything, sort of one little piece of technology at a time. That seems to be the last step, phones-wise. But oddly enough, if we called you, everything's good. Like, so if we have guests, everything has been fine guest-wise because we've called out uh, to them. And so we're going to try to reverse engineer something gas back in the 4 o'clock hour. But if it sucks, we're just going to bail out. Yeah. I think it's a good strategy for us. I like it. I think we have a good strategy in place. We have a good strategy. Tanner came up with the game plan. I like it. We really only need to take like one round of calls usually. If three people call in, that usually yeah, just do that. In, in you know what up. I mean? Instead of having to keep calling them. If you guys get in line, if you text us before Stump the Gas Bag, we will call you. You don't even have to wait right. until the moment. Just text us in like the five or ten minutes leading up to Stump the Gas Bag. We'll figure it out. We'll get it all lined up. We're going to make this happen, people. We're going to make it happen. Or it's going to be terrible, and then we're not going to make it happen. Yeah. I just love the fact, like, last night we didn't know about it going into the post-game show, so we couldn't take calls. Seems like that would be a big problem for a post-game show. sucks in a right. post-game show to hear me talk about stuff. Me and Chrissy talk about stuff for like an hour. Uh, we would much rather hear you all give your takes. And I heard from several people that tried to call, and I'm like, I, really, please... Like we have another one lined up for Sunday. It's like I really don't want to talk for an hour without being able to take calls. Uh, we fix the phone so good that we can't use them. That's what we like. They're fixed. They're fixed. fixed yeah. Like, really, well, like I'll fix you. Like yeah, like that's, neuter you know, fixed. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll fix you. I'll fix the phones, and then you just pull it out of the wall. That's basically what happened. So. We're doing real good. Uh, since you mentioned that very quickly, uh, last night, yeah. look, Jeff, not happy after the Virginia game. They had no. a few days uh, to stew on it, uh, and they played like a team coached by a guy who's very unhappy about the last game. Right. Uh, and, and that's refreshing that you get that sort of thing. But uh, after, I think, sort of playing, I think you took the uh, – you absorbed the standard – we're going to give it our shot to punch uh, and then really controlled that game from the second quarter forward. Yeah. Never in doubt. Very satisfying for a senior night uh, for everyone there. Uh, the kind of bounce back I think they needed. Yeah. So for as bad as the the effort was and as bad as like as as bad as they got out hustled and outworked, I thought against Virginia, it was the exact opposite when it came to FSU. I mean, they came out uh, first quarter was very up and down because there really wasn't any offensive rebounds by either team there was one from virginia in the first quarter so like it was basically one miss run down the other way you know it was 18 16 at the end of the first but from that moment on louisville absolutely rested control of the backboards and out hustled fsu in every single facet of the game out rebounded them by 25 held them to six offensive rebounds four heading into the fourth quarter um 
I mean, they really just Virginia had to, or Florida State had to work for every bucket they got. Every bucket they got outside the first quarter, they really weren't open looks. Uh, and if they were, they were hurried because they knew that somebody was closing. Uh, it was it was almost like what we did against Virginia, where you know the first time they they thought they had a look, they weren't working for the best look. They were looking for the first one, you know. And if they missed that, they didn't get another shot at it. I mean, six offensive boards for the entire game. Louisville kept them off that glass. Olivia and Nyla both had double-doubles. Uh, first time we'd had two double-doubles in the same game since the U.K. game in 2019. Um, it's been over four years. It's It was just a really solid team effort. Everybody had their moments. The defensive intensity, really, really good. Um, offensively, it was, it was good enough. Scored 70 points, and I thought that the difference between the two teams was night and day. And we're talking about a four state team that was tied with Louisville and Notre Dame basically for the three seed or battling for the three, four seed. Um, and now at this point they're, they're down to, I think the six seed and Louisville plays Notre Dame for the three seed on Sunday. And if Louisville loses, they're the five that's barring. If NC state loses a wake, if NC state loses a wake, Louisville could jump all the way up to the two. So we had to have last night, especially after the Virginia loss, we had to have last night uh, and we got it. And hopefully they can bring that momentum to a, a Notre Dame team in South Bend. That's coming off a massive win against the one seed Virginia tech. So yeah, it was, it was an odd uh, sign uh, last night that to see all, all of the Virginia Tech clinched the ACC championship and all the stuff when they got beat. Yeah. It was weird uh, to see all of that, but that makes Louisville's win over Notre Dame look a little better, feel a little better. Sure, and if we can get two of them, Be even um, they push them up to the probably the five line, and if they can win a couple games in the ACC tournament, I think they still have a shot. They can make the championship game, and they still have a shot at, at being a a four seed in hosting, but they re- we really can't can't stumble. At this point, to have a shot at that, we have to at least win Notre Dame and make it all the way to the championship, I think, in the ACC tournament. So, look, that stuff is still uh, out there. I did enjoy, and I love this about him. I truly do. Not really much of a reason to bring it up, but he did. Jeff Walls was saying in the postgame press conference after last night, I'm still pissed off about that Syracuse game. (laughs) I don't think that's the last time we're going to hear that from him either. Uh, I tweeted out the reading material that's been in the media room ever since then is the... That ruling? The ruling, yeah. The clarification, the rules clarification is still sitting there next to the Louisville team packet, Florida State team packet, rules clarification, a little light reading every time that you go into I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. I'm sure that's a directive directly from from Coach Walls. <laughs> but you can tell he was really pleased with the effort last night, as he yeah. should be. Yeah. Uh, two of the last three games were really good efforts. You know, just sandwiched around the worst one of the season against Virginia. And it was good to see them bounce back. And even in the fourth quarter when we've had a tendency to let go of the rope a little bit and let teams back in, um, we sort of put a stop to that and, and maintained that lead and, and and choked off that that uh, that rally before he had started. The one issue, still turnovers. Sure. 18 turnovers last night. Uh, far too many. Not acceptable. If we play a team like Virginia Tech or NC State or get into the – or even Notre Dame on Sunday or get into the ACC tournament or NCAA tournament and play anything above – 
quite frankly, any any game that we're going to play in the NCAA tournament, that's right. Uh, we could get beat by whomever we play. Uh, we have to clean that up. We cannot turn the ball over 18 times in March. Um, but obviously, we're we're keeping two eyes on the seed line of what I said. On Wednesday, happened in Charlie Cream's Bacatology. He just went ahead and paired LSU and, and Louisville up in the second round. Uh, so we don't even have to speculate with his Bracketology. Obviously, that's not – it's just like any other Bracketology. It's just speculation. But it was one thing to see it in writing. That seed line can change on Sunday. That seed line can change next week. Uh, it could change without anything happening. Yeah, the conference tournaments have a lot to do with that. A ton to do with it. I, I think Louisville's going to have all the opportunity in the world to get up to a five or a four. Um, and LSU could get up to a two as well. If they, uh, I mean, they could, they could get all the way to a one if they end up playing South Carolina and winning. But LSU's on fire right now. They're playing really well. Uh, ever since that old Miss, lot, the back-to-back losses to a. Uh, to Ole Miss and South Carolina, they've they've really turned it on. And um, was it Ole Miss in South Carolina? Or was it Mississippi State? Mississippi State, Mississippi State. Our friend Sam Purcell uh, and in uh, South Carolina, I just they look really good. They're uber talented, and I I see a lot of people like saying, "Oh, we don't want that smoke." I was like, "Trust me, I always want the game." I don't care if we end up getting our ass beat by 25 and you say, oh, you still want that game? I say, yes, I want the game. You have to play these teams. Absolutely, yeah. We're not, one of them. You cannot avoid your way to the Final Four. No, and historically, right. we are one of them over the last 20 years, 15 years. Like the, You don't want to just sneak your way into another Elite Eight when you say you went to – we want to get to a point where we went to six Elite Eights this year, and we're not going to get there by uh, a feasting on you know double-digit seeds. Right. It's just not going to happen. You pair me up with LSU in the second round, fine. We all wanted that matchup. I don't care if they've got, you know, probably and arguably the most talented starting five in the country. I still want that game. Everybody on our roster wants that game. Let them have it. Whether it's in the second round or the, the, the regional finals, whatever, we don't avoid these matchups. We Just like Baylor in 20, 2013, like you don't avoid those games. You have to play them if you're going to be in Elite Eights and Final Fours, man. That's the program we are. We're not right. the runaway program or, uh, or avoid our way to a Final Four. No, we want these matchups. That's what we are. That's who we are. That's who we're always going to be. We got a lot uh, that we will get into here today. Obviously, again, with the phone lines uh, being what they are, we're not going to be able to take calls until we get the, sort of the uh, the, the go ahead uh, from everybody. But I'll tell you what, we can do a little bit later. We can do a, kind of a mailbag and just ask you to text your questions in, uh, and we'll fire away sort of what we what we think the answers are to a lot of those questions, like this one. Coach Lieberman obviously watches games differently. Texas says, "Do you think Kenny knows that we had 19 middle drives and 14 blowbys in the first half?" Because Lieberman brought that up yesterday uh, on the show. Uh, Maybe. 14, huh? Maybe. Maybe. He might. Uh, but I, I think it's it's not unfair to Kenny to say there's really not a lot of evidence uh, that he relies heavily on measurables. Because all, just judging by his own action, or his own words, uh, and his own actions in terms of who plays and how they yeah. play and all that sort of thing, uh, that he very much uh, coaches subjectively by feel. And there are got to will them to win, man. Exactly. Like yeah. everything is a matter of sort of feelings and subjective fight and emotion and all that sort of thing. The great players will things to happen, that sort of thing. Uh, and then I think that like he is the the anti analytics guy. 
Exactly. You know, he's the guy that plays poker by feel, not calculating what his odds are. I feel seen. No, that, that sort of thing. But he is that guy. Uh, you know, he he very much talks like he doesn't factor those things in. I'm, I'm not sure that he's unaware of them, but you certainly don't hear him talk about things like that, like that's a, a valuable piece of his input. Yeah, no, that's the thing, is that when somebody says, well, you don't know this or that, I said, well, yeah, but he doesn't talk about it. That's the thing. Like, right. you know, what do you I, know why I don't think he, yeah. he relies on that stuff or he doesn't. When's the last time you mentioned the amount of deflections a team or player had? You know, just readily in front of him. You know, is that what Josh Jamison's doing over there? You know, like, is he counting deflections? I don't know. Um, but we certainly wouldn't know because he doesn't talk to us about it. And that's the kind of stuff that people are used to here. Like, well, what are the indications we're playing well other than the scoreboard? You know, the hustle stats, the stuff that, that like, Patino was obsessed with deflections. He was one of the first people that really talked about them as a stat, you know. And uh, kills. Chris Mack talked about kills all the time, like three straight stops. Like, those are the type of things that, that, that we love to hear about. And indications, like, every single staff has their own pet stat that they love. Uh, and, and Kenny's fans. is uh, uh, midichlorians. You know, like, he, he wants to know if you're a freaking Jedi and you can will us to victory. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the, the value of those things is fans can watch along and cheer along knowing what the coach values. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'm seeing what he thinks is good, too. And we've really – it's just – it's almost like a horoscope at the end of every game. Like, yeah. let's just find out sort of – or a mood ring or something. Yeah. You know, it, how did all the, the vibe – we get a vibe check after every game. Stats be damned. Uh, it's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully there's just not a whole lot uh, left to it here. I, uh, I, I, would, I would say that, that you're in luck. I don't think it's going to be much more. When Eric Crawford basically puts a, t- a clock – a countdown on you. Like I think we've, I think we've, we've gotten through the muck. Well, I mean, look, uh, Rick Bozich deleted the tweet to his article uh, about the plan, and then in their their uh, sort of update after the Duke game, even he sort of sounded resigned to the fact that uh, this thing has thudded too much. Yeah. Uh, for there to be much of a case for a year three, and I think any conversation I've had with anyone that I think knows something. Uh, pretty much on the same page yeah so we'll take a quick break uh, here out here at khalil's uh, where everyone is already starting to fill in it's friday man it feels like it uh, out here we will take a quick break come back i want to uh talk about the proposed college football playoff model uh that's being uh, thrown around out there and why i think maybe it's gross uh but we might not have, have much of an option so we'll talk about that uh, as well here on the drive on ninth and the bill be right back Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. 
Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull out here at Khalil's where they've got $3.16 ounce chips. Excuse me, I was having trouble reading the old piece of paper here in front of me. Three bucks and come out here, uh, relax, kick off your weekend. Uh, this weather's absurd, uh, but it's cold. It's not cold in here. They got all these games on everything. This is the time of year where I, I guess, like little fans, we can just sort of settle in here, start scouting. Now we don't have any say so or anything. We don't really have anyone to hand these uh, these evaluations off to or anything. But you can just start learning stuff about teams. I'm just gonna start submitting them to Josh Hurd's email until he tells me to stop. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. What do you, just type them all in. You know, it's like concrete thoughts on uh, the office <laughs> where Ryan just, he just I just opened a Word document and uh, <laughs> and just let him write. And he goes, tell you what, it's pretty shocking stuff. I'm just going to start writing it all out like I'm emailing it. Then maybe I'll just send my entire dossier over there after I get a profile on 40 different coaches. Uh, I'm not thrilled that we have reached uh, the, the time in the calendar where everyone is tweeting the heights, weights, hand. You don't like that? Diameters of everybody at the at the NFL scouting combine. Uh, I feel like this. You should get together. Like, there are rules when you get credentialed, right, uh, for an event about, like, you're not allowed to just tweet play-by-play play of every single play yeah. or, or whatever. Like, not, broadcast your own stuff. Can, we, can yeah. we get together, and you guys pull together, one of you gets to tweet all of that. Just one of you. And, and then we'll just follow that one guy instead of every single person I know who's there tweeting the height, weight, hand width, whatever, of, of 40 time, box jump, whatever other things that they do. I don't... It's 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 inane Shuttle. anyway. Shuttle. Yeah. Three cone drill. Bench press. Yeah. Oh, God, the bench press. That's right. High jump. Yeah. All that stuff. One of you. And then you can all just retweet that guy. Functionally the same, but I don't have to see 50 versions of the exact same information. Is this the same complaint about the c- accounts that, that tweet out play-by-play? I mean, is this the same, same complaint? Because, like, I... Sometimes... <laughs> I understand the complaints like when you have 10 different people sidelined that are giving you the same updates all the time, having to mute people during games. I try to keep my tweets analytical so it's not just like milk toast, you know, Louisville gets a three from Sydney Taylor and the lead is cut to four. You know, it's more like this is what they're doing, you know, like I see that this is the trend, you know, this is what it means or whatever, instead of just giving you the play-by-play. I understand when people get upset about that stuff. This is almost worse. <laughs> it can be, but I kind of love when you get like the the freakish measurements and there's like 15 people that are just like, okay, well, this guy's 6'5", 310 pounds and runs like a 4'8", or 4'7". Like this is, we've chosen the form of our destructor, clearly. Did you uh, did you happen to catch before we talk about the the playoff model here? Did you happen to catch Brady rerunning his forty and it's faster now than when he was before the draft? He looks more athletic now than he did before the draft. Also, I do love the fact that they busted them in that documentary that's out there making fake headlines. Yeah, fake newspapers. I don't know if you happen to catch that either, but they went back and looked at some of the news stories. 
uh, that are being cited as like here's a picture of the headline yeah. in the newspaper, and it was it's made up. The news exposition. It, well, it was like a well, it was like a it was like a Bleacher Report blog post by one of those back in the day when Bleacher Report was like an ocean of unpaid writers and yeah. stuff. It was and just basically just, fans, but they yeah. just made a fake newspaper headline of it. As if it was like the Boston Globe or something. Like, we don't have to do that, do we? No, we really don't. But we do. Documentarians, man. Pushing the limits. That, I mean, it's humiliating it's to, really for people good. to find that sort it's of really thing out. It's really not good. Well, look, yesterday it, it, we, we talked about this uh, just a little bit. We're starting to learn a little bit more now uh, about some of these proposals that are being thrown out there. Uh, and a playoff larger than 12 teams looking at a 14 team model in which the sec and big 10 not only would they be guaranteed three spots in each one no matter what uh, every single year uh, acc and big 12 only being offered two uh, no matter what uh, every year uh, and the possibility of it being enshrined in the rules dave that the top two seeds were always out of the sec and the big 10 and i I'm glad to say that while the reaction has been universally, what the hell are you doing? It, it says, a lot of times we make these jokes about Rob Manfred. You're like, this guy might actually be a double agent trying to destroy baseball. The people that are in charge of this thing, you have to wonder if they really like it at all. Yeah. And, and by it, I mean college football. Because every single thing that they're doing strikes at the things that we like about it. Yes. And here's what I mean. I want you to think about how many years we've said before the season starts, it's just going to be Alabama, so what's the point? Right? And, and draining the fun and draining the drama and draining the uh, achievement out of it and just making it feel like it's an inevitability that Alabama's going to win or it's going to be Georgia that's going to win. This this feels to me like an attempt to actually make that the case. Yeah. Like, we just want you to know it doesn't matter what happens. One of our teams is going to win. We're going to take the dread you felt on an annual basis for Alabama winning it and just making it the whole league. Because not only are we going to – like, instead of it just playing out to where they win it all the time, yeah. which you could at least be like, well, they win it, it's, it's like we're going to make it make sure. to where they win it before we ever even put the thing together. You know what the worst part about this is? Is that we haven't even had one year of the 12-team model, as is. We haven't had one year. Now, they made the one adjustment that made sense because the Pac-12 is gone. They went to a 5-plus-7, which is the same, same basic, you know – Structure, it just lost a conference. Totally fine. It still ensures that every single conference member in the country legitimately has a shot at making the playoff. You can earn your way in, theoretically. The specter of that alone, of them having to mix it up with the proletariat in college football, was enough for them to be like, oh, no, 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 we're not sharing this pie. You know, we gotta we gotta ensure that we get at least three teams. The stupidest part about, like, the dumbest thing, is that you don't have to make it. So there's three auto bids, especially if you're trying to expand to 14 or 16 or whatever you're trying to do. There will always be three SEC teams. There will always be three Big Ten teams. You don't have to codify it. Right. It's gonna happen naturally. Right. There's no way for us to avoid it. We can't. 
the the like they're naturally the two best leagues. I agree with that. Year in and year out, they're the two strongest leagues. Uh, but just naturally, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We can't fight that. So why are you like? It's just why are you making? Just let it happen. Confirming biases. Yes. And confirming, you know, any tinfoil hat that might be out there. You're just throwing it away and just saying, look, no, nakedly, it's on the table. We want all the money. We don't think you deserve to be here with us. Well, you know, it, like, it's, it's 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 a bit of whistling past the graveyard. Like, it's a bit of like insecurity. Sure. That that we don't trust that we can that it'll play out that way. So we're just going to make it that way by the rules. Well, it's like what about the committee to this point has made you think right that it wouldn't play out that way? Right. What's the indication that people were even talking about Florida State? You won out on that. You guys won out on that. They earned their way in, and then there was an injury, and you pulled them out. Like, you won out. It's fine. But the fact that there was even a possibility that Florida State would be in and, and one of your precious teams would be out, like, you, you – it's – the whole thing is just I, – I, These – look, the SEC and the Big Ten, it, it seems to me, they are convinced that there's a – there's an appetite for college football as minor league NFL. And that is no. that's what makes me feel like these people don't understand why it's so popular. Nope, they don't. That is not why college football is popular. If people want to watch the NFL, they'll watch the NFL. And they do. And yeah. if you want to try, like this, what they're really trying to do is create the next XFL. <laughs> like this is what this what the, like and there's a reason that stuff never works. That model is one way of doing things and people love it. I love it. I, on Sundays, I turn on Red Zone and I turn it off when Scott Hanson finally gets to go to the bathroom. Like I I know. I'm with you. We just had absurd numbers for the Super Bowl this year. But that's not why we watch college football. And and they are it seems like hell bent on making that trying to recreate the NFL when we already have an NFL. And like one of the fundamental things, it's you play in a, uh, NCAA football on your Xbox, your PlayStation, whatever. The first thing, like what you're always trying to do is I'm going to take somebody who stinks and build them up into something because I think I can. Now, it's hard as hell and it's very rare, but it, it's, it's the only place where they're allowed where you can even conceivably do that. And they're like, let's make it to where you actually can't do that and see if people really like everyone being calcified right where they are. The two things you like doing in NCAA football are, are taking a two-star program and turning them into a five-star or playing with your own team. Right? Yeah. The team you love. And theoretically putting them in different conferences or, or building them up where they are and, and winning national championships with Louisville, you know, or, or whoever, whomever you're a, a fan of. And that's what they don't fully understand. We've talked about this several times. Is like, look, you'll make plenty of money, but there'll be a limit. You'll lose a lot of fans. Trust me. When, when Georgia Tech's fan base is no longer playing the same sport you are, because it's a different sport at that point. Yeah. You know, when they're no longer playing the same game, like you will lose those fan bases. Uh, you know, the Corvallis, Pullman, you know, Washington State and Oregon State. If they don't find a, a, a soft landing spot at some point, you've lost two really cool uh, niche traditions. You know, the Washington State flag at game day. Where's that going to go? I don't know. Are they going to keep doing it? If they're playing a different sport, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, it's just the fact that 
Louisville fans could look at at Alabama, Georgia, and just be like, you know what, we're we're playing the same sport. Theoretically, we can get there. You know, every once in a while they get to dabble in that. What are the games we love? You know, the Liberty Bowl, where we beat Alabama. You know, the uh, the Fiesta Bowl win. I mean, like the, this is uh, Fiesta Bowl. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not Liberty Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Um, the Fiesta Bowl win over Alabama. The uh, the uh, um, Orange Bowl win, Sugar Bowl over Florida. I mean, these are the things that we think about. These are the games we care about. All the, the multiple wins over Notre Dame to this point. Going to South Bend in 2014 and knocking off one of the most storied traditions in college football. From Louisville doing that. From a commuter basketball school. This is what we are now. We could reach to that. Yeah. You know, now we're in a Power Four conference. As long as that's it. As long as that exists, we're still there. And... and we seem to be on the precipice, and they want to kind of take it away at this point. They want to do it before they even see what the 5 plus 7 looks like in in real time. Like, we're this close to having an actual college football championship tournament. And they already want to screw with the formula, you know. It's just wild. Well, it, 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 look, it was, it's not enjoyable, but everyone recognizes it as basically being meritorious when this thing has been overloaded with SEC teams primarily and Big Ten teams to a somewhat lesser extent. You understood. Hey, for what it is, those teams are, have been better. And if you want to change it, beat them. And for a short time, Clemson sort of had the number there, uh, and that was fine. But it was still, in some level, meritorious. This is the equivalent of, of the NBA saying, if you pay the luxury tax, you get to be one of the top seeds in the East or the West. Right. Be- because like that's the justification for this. Is like they're, We're the heaviest investors. This is based on us uh, in, in terms of spending on college football and all that sort of thing. So they, we should get that. People want to watch us. So it would be like the Yankees basically getting a guaranteed spot in the playoff no matter how they do. Because they're the biggest draw, and they spend the most money. Yeah. And people will not watch that. And part of the fun in baseball, because it really is in this way the closest thing to college sports. We have such drastic amounts, uh, differences in spending and investment and all that sort of thing. People love it when the Rays and the Royals and the A's. Huh. And like they love it when those teams succeed. And they love the dynamic of like little ones versus big ones. But I love that, man. But, but this would – well, of course – I mean, Moneyball exists for this reason, uh, but no one is going to watch it if they're like the Yankees get to ha- get to host the ALCS every year as long as they pay the luxury tax. Like that's, but that's what the SEC and the Big Ten are asking for, and people will just check out, man. They'll just watch the NFL. So some people are on the other side, and, and Drew just texted us, like the or texted me um, that the ACC should take this deal as as quickly as possible, and I'm like, you know. It works out for us in the short term to get two AQs. Like I, I agree that um, at the end of the day, like it doesn't look on the surface like that bad of a deal, but it's just it's the first step. It's the first step, and especially if they always get one seeds, you know, or if they always get the top. Like this, all these things that just don't. I feel like when you keep putting these unnecessary. Uh, Strictures, you know, like just yeah, like it doesn't need to be that way. Like the ACC doesn't always need two teams in, to be honest with you. That's right. Uh, But some years we might deserve three in a fourteen or sixteen team playoff. Like if all it is is expanding it, that'd be one thing. Like I'd rather see the twelve in in action before we try to do anything like that. But I just don't. I'm, I'm. 
I don't love it. I don't. I don't. I don't love tilting it that far and and making it closer and closer to an SEC Big Ten and Invitational, especially if they're calling the shots because they'll just keep calling the shots and keep saying eventually they'll take away that second spot from the ACC and the you know and 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 the Big Twelve and they'll they'll keep going further down that line. I just. At this point, I feel like that 5 plus 7 makes the most sense. The most sense for everybody right now. You know, you're st- you're still going to have those spots. On average, they'll get, between the two of them, six teams in that playoff every year, if not more, every single year, as is. And I just, it just it's them calling the shots. How can you possibly trust them to, to look out for your interests? There's a catch in there, or it's one step closer to where they want to go. I just, I, I, I still, it feels like the fox in the hen house and all I, that stuff. I had, I had more respect for the arguments that used to be made, where it was like, just give me the top four teams. Like if the SEC and the Big Ten were like, no auto bids. Yeah. I would respect that. Which is what they used. That was their hard line. That, yeah. Well, that's that is the the irony of all of this is that when it was a fourteen playoff and they thought they could get two, no matter what, that's what they would push for. That's what they would argue for. Uh, is here's we sh- we should just have the best teams no matter what. Give me the four best teams. Where did the give me the twelve best teams go? Right. Where did the fourteen best teams argument go? Why was it good for four but not this? On the other hand. It still feels like, what's the old uh, Churchill quote, capitalism's the worst economic system except for all the other ones? Right. Uh, When it comes to this playoff model for the ACC, it sort of feels like, this is awful. It's really, really ugly that y'all are doing this. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, Like Drew was saying, it's not necessarily that bad for us as a conference. It's just my sensibilities as a college football fan. I just feel like we're inching closer to the edge. And every time that they propose something, the first thing I ask is, how is this screwing us? You know? I'm not Jim Phillips. I don't look in the eyes of the Big Ten and SEC commissioners and say, they've got my best interest at heart. Which is basically what he said two weeks ago. But he said, I don't think they're doing anything uh, wrong. Like, I don't think they're being uh, malevolent here. Jim Phillips they're benevolent is dictators. the worst canary in the coal mine he's so bad. ever. Every time he's cool, it's awful. It's awful. That's like, exactly it's, right. It's, it's, a, it's an indication that things are going wrong. Like, is Jim Phillips okay? He is a smoke then detector with raw. a dead like, battery. We're screwed. Yes, he is yeah. a smoke detector with a dead battery every single time. Yeah. Also, there hasn't been nearly enough talk about this. I can sort of understand the SEC asking for this. Big Ten? Y'all, y'all haven't been, been that good. Penn State's never been happier. Oh, no. Oh, gosh, right? <laughs> they finally don't have to worry about being able to finally beat Michigan or Ohio State, right? They can just sort of beat Penn State and get in there whenever. But now they'll be filed behind Oregon and USC and Washington. <laughs> like, man, come on. <laughs> but this is really, I wouldn't be surprised. They're like, you can just imagine those like, meetings at the Big Ten's like, yeah, us too. Like, Penn State's like, come on, can we get that third spot? <laughs> <laughs> what about that third spot? Y'all got any more of those automatic qualifiers for us over here in Happy Valley? <laughs> but look, for the ACC, you know, I would feel better about this, and I wonder. Look, first of all, I wonder. Do you think that there's really an appetite for if they were just sort of be like, we're going to take our ball and go home? Do you think people really want to watch just SEC and Big Ten only with nobody else? I don't. I think that they are they are mistaken if they think that the whole country is going to like pick a token SEC and Big Ten team if they don't care about them. Like I don't think anyone in Arizona wants to just watch those two compete for it every year. No, no, they don't. That's 
that's been the, the kind of the point where we we talk about how the, the Big Ten, the SEC, really fundamentally misunderstands what people love about college football. Is like, yeah, a lot of us will watch with pleasure Alabama, Georgia, and we love the sport, but a lot of fans won't keep watching with the same gusto that they do now, you know, and and. That's they, they just kind of misunderstand the, the regionalism and what people really love about college football and, and why it ensnares so many different people and cross-sections of, of, of fan bases, you know. And it's uh, and Drew, I, I did listen to Drew and Mark's conversation earlier a little bit on this. Uh, and Drew made – they make a decent point that this could help save the ACC, at least in the short term, you know, with having two AQs yeah. from the conference, like Florida State and Clemson might be more – you know, willing to stick around, you know, if they have those guarantees. I I hear that, and I, like, I will absolutely say that that's a possibility. I just don't think it'll stay that way. Like, they're, they're changing in real time, and as the money gets bigger and as they, they become more and more exclusive, they will try to cut out they will try to cut out the Big 12 and the ACC at some point in this conversation uh, to get more and more money concentrated with the two of them. Or maybe there's maybe they're figuring out that you can't do this without the Big 12 and, and the ACC. Maybe. I just don't trust them. And I just don't trust they believe that. The only way, if I'm the ACC, one, I, I would love to know if what do they make of this if Florida State and State Clemson are out of the ACC? Right? No, they'll renegotiate well, immediately. We'll see. Uh, if, if, if it's square no matter what, probably take that bargain. Uh, but what I would really love is if they say, hey, look, we get our three guaranteed every year, and that's it. Yeah. Now that... I would be more willing to listen to than three at a minimum. Like that, to me, that just seems like a world of difference. Like there's a, there's a, the way I liken it is, look, the best teams in the world come from, in sport, in, in soccer, come from Europe and South America, and they, they do get more bids, automatic bids to the World Cup than anybody else does. Europe and South America do because the eighth best team in South America would be the best team on three other continents. You know, that's just the truth. Um, and it works. They realize that they need the, the rest of the world for the World Cup, but I don't know. That's the closest comp we have to what they're they're talking about. You know, like the six bit or eight bit Europe and the six bit or eight bit South America and then the four bit CONCACAF. Yeah. You know, with the wild card being between, you know, two different feds. Like those that's the closest we've got as far as a sports comparison to what they're talking about doing. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here, come right back here uh, on the drive on ninth Ville out here at Khalil's where you can get yourself a sixteen ounce Coors Light draft for three bucks. That's a deal. Stop by, say hello to us as well here on the drive on ninth Ville. Right back. Thank you. 